Welcome to the Sermon Podcast of First Christian Church of St. Paul, located in Roseville, Minnesota. We are a congregation of Christian Church, Disciples of Christ, a congregation that is united in Christ for the sake of the world. Join us for worship in person or via our live stream Sundays at 11 a.m. You can learn more about us by going to FCCStPaul.org. Here is this week's sermon. Our text this morning are coming from two places, Isaiah 7, verses 10 through 16, and then Matthew 1, verses 18 through 25. And you can follow along in your bulletin. Again, the Lord spoke to Ahab, saying, Ask a sign of the Lord your God. Let it be deep as Sheol and, or as high as heaven. But Ahaz said, I will not ask, and I will not put the Lord to the test. Then Isaiah said, Hear then, O house of David, is it too little for you weary mortals that you weary my God also? Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Look, the young woman is with child and shall bear a son and shall name him Emmanuel. He shall eat curds and honey by the time he knows how to refuse the evil and choose the good. For before the child knows how to refuse the evil and choose the good, the land before whose two kings you are in dread will be deserted. And then from Matthew. Now the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, took place this way. When his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. But just as he resolved to do this, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph awoke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded. He took her as his wife, but had no marital relations with her until she had born a son, and he named him Jesus. This is the word of God for all the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. So this is a story, really, of two men. One is the nation, is the king of a nation that is basically under the gun. The other is a carpenter living in the backwater of a mighty empire. Both men are actually of the lineage of David. Both men are told that God is with them. And both men respond differently. 
And that leaves us with a question this morning. Do we trust that God is with us, that God is Emmanuel? Now, Ahaz is king of the southern kingdom. Now, sometime before, long before, the kingdom of Israel is split in two. There is the northern kingdom of Israel or Samaria and the southern kingdom of Judah. Now, Israel and a neighboring nation, Syria, have joined forces. They've entered into an alliance to go up against the Assyrian Empire. The Assyrians are very powerful. They are an empire that basically wants to take over. And they want Judah to join their alliance and go up against Assyria. But Ahaz doesn't want to do that. The two other nations now think that since Ahaz doesn't want to do this, it's time for regime change. They decide they threaten to invade Judah, depose Ahaz, and put a more favorable king in his place. So the prophet Isaiah is coming to Ahaz, and he basically tells Ahaz, don't worry about this. God's got this. Those two threatening nations will become what it is in some translations, smoldering stumps, meaning their power will be broken, their nations will be destroyed. Their power is temporary, Isaiah says, so put your trust in God, the God who is with you. Ahaz responds by saying that he doesn't really want to put God to the test. Now, on the surface, that actually seems wise. It makes it sound like he's being holy, that he doesn't want to try to test God, and there has actually been some parts of Scripture that say, don't put God to the test. But the reality is, he doesn't trust God. He's only saying that, maybe just to be nice, but he's panicked. He's focused on what's in front of him, the present reality. And he can't see how God can help, help him get out of this. In fact, what he is trying to do is form an alliance, not with Syria or Israel, but with Assyria, the same nation that threatens all three kingdoms in order to protect himself from the two weaker powers. The same weaker powers that Isaiah just said were going to be broken. Isaiah chastises King Ahaz. He sees through his little kind of piety and tells him that God's going to work anyway. It doesn't matter whether he believes or not. And then he gives him this sign of a young woman bearing a child. Now the sign is not as important as what it stands for. And that is the belief that God is Emmanuel, God with us. If we go to Matthew, we're introduced to Joseph, a carpenter. He is engaged to be married to Mary, and he finds out that Mary is pregnant, and so he's devastated. And you have to understand that engagement 
in this time was not engagement in our modern sense. Engagement was kind of a step one of marriage. So basically, if someone was engaged, they were basically married. And so this was devastating for him to hear this. It's a blow to Joseph. Now, like Ahaz, he has a plan, but his plan is a little bit different. He doesn't want to put Mary to, to shame. He is, as the Bible verse describes, a righteous man. He doesn't want to hurt Mary. So he wants to find a way of doing this quietly, to kind of end the engagement, end the marriage quietly. And just when he has decided this, when he goes through the plan, he is visited by a messenger in, his, in a dream. And he is told to not give up on Mary. She is going to bear a son that is conceived by the Holy Spirit and that you are supposed to give him the name Jesus. And Jesus, I believe, is Aram the Aramaic version of the name Joshua, which means God saves. Then the writer of Matthew is hearkening back to the verse, we, the passage in Isaiah that we just read and says that Jesus is actually going to have another name, Emmanuel, God with us. So Joseph listens to the visitor, the angel, decides to marry Mary, and probably becomes the most famous stepfather ever. Two men. Both were sons of David, but they both take different paths. One trusts God, the other doesn't. We hear this word a lot during the season, Emmanuel. And over the last week, we have heard and sang, which I will admit is one of my favorite songs of the season, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. But what does that mean? What does it mean that God is with us, and what does that mean for us? What it means is that God is not simply a good feeling, but that we believe in a living God that cares for us. None of this mean, does not mean that we will not go through bad things. We will lose jobs. Our loved ones will get sick or die. Other heartaches will happen. God is not Superman. But God as Emmanuel means that God is not silent. We have a God that is active, that cares, and will not leave us. When God came to us in the form of a baby, we were reminded that God has not given up on God's creation. God loves us and will go to extreme lengths to show that love, even love on a cross. So what are the ways that we know that God is with us, and what does that look like? This is one way that I can tell. And it's only my way, and there are others. You may have a way of how you have seen God as Emmanuel, 
Um, as I've shared, of course, many of you know, um, my mother got sick last weekend in what we thought was a bad cold. She stayed in her apartment, and Monday she heard a knock on the door. And it was a woman that in her apartment complex that I'm not really familiar with. The woman had a COVID test kit, and she just asked if she could test mom. And turns out she did. And it turns out, of course, the test was positive. She did have COVID. And because of this, then we were able to get mom to urgent care and on antivirals. And this morning she is feeling 100% better than what she was last week. The interesting thing about mom had commented was that this one has some health issues of her own. Rarely goes out of the apartment, it sounds like. And yet, she seemed to just show up out of nowhere to help mom. I feel that this was a sense of God being with mom. It felt like God broke through the kind of everyday life to bring some help. Now, as I said, one of my favorite songs is O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. The hymn, the history of that hymn, is fascinating because it actually began as a chant, part of the old antiphons. And if you look in our hymnal, if you see where O Come, O Come, Emmanuel is, on the other page, it includes those old antiphons. These are chants that are, are attached to the Magnificat, that song that Mary sings in Luke 1. And usually these antiphons are chanted or sung in the seven days before Christmas. So we are actually right in that time of the antiphons. O Come, O Come, Emmanuel really is truly an Advent hymn not necessarily a Christmas hymn. And maybe that's one of the reasons I like it, because as much as these other hymns are great, like Silent Night, Hark the Arrow, Angels Sing, all, it avoids the sentimentality of those songs. And there's nothing wrong with those songs. But I think that O Come, O Come, Emmanuel is more real to the world that we all live in. And it reminds us why Jesus came to earth and why he is coming again. If you ever have a chance on YouTube, there is a group, it's a um, contemporary Christian group called uh, um, For King and Country, Australian group. They do a version of O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. Um, a friend of mine who is a Methodist pastor kind of described it as a metal a heavy metal version of it. Um, but it also fulfills, I think, exactly what the song is about because it's sung with a lot of, it's played with a lot of horns and drums. Lots and lots of drums. And I think that captures the feeling of that song and of Advent. Because we live in a world where there is so much going on.
sin and, and people being divided. And in the midst of that, God comes. O come, O come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel, that mourns in lonely exile here until the Son of God appear. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel, shall come to thee, O Israel. These are words of someone who knows that things are not going well. They know that something is wrong and that the only one that can save them is Emmanuel, the one that is appropriately named God is with us. It's not shocking that these that the ancient chants, the old antiphons, were paired with Mary's songs, where she talks about the mighty being pulled down from their thrones. Advent is about liberation from sin and death, as much as it is, and is about the coming of a tiny baby. Ahaz did not trust God. Maybe I think it was that he was so used to being in control, to be in power, that he forgot where that power came from. He trusted in the ways of the world, in alliances and, and, and negotiations, and not in the one that was going to bring salvation, whether he liked it or not. Joseph believed in a God that was with him, even if he didn't understand everything, and even if he knew that saying yes to Mary still meant dealing with some of the shame and maybe some of the unknown of dealing with a betrothed that was already pregnant. But yet, he went with it because he trusted in a God that could do mighty things, a God that was with him. As we enter into these final days of Advent, the question is, what about you? Do you believe that God is with us? Is with you? God in Jesus Christ came to earth as a sign of being with us. And God is coming again, again as a reminder that God is with us. For that, we give thanks. Thanks be to God. Amen. We hope this week's sermon was nourishment for your soul. If you would like to listen to past sermons, watch past worship services, leave a prayer request, or 
get directions to our worship location, please visit our website at fccstpaul.org. May God be with you on your daily journey.